It's time to break the mold of what you've been taught your entire adult life. Welcome to Happily Ever Employed. A career is a business, and you should run it like a business. Every episode of Happily Ever Employed will teach you just how to focus on how to do that. We'll interview everybody, from people trying to figure it out to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. This is Happily Ever Employed. And this is Deetra Giles. So this has been an epic week in the news and we've been talking about it on Happily Ever Employed. Some of you are likely listening to the re um, broadcast of it or listening to it after the fact. For those of you listening now, I promised you there would be three episodes this week of the Happily Ever Employed podcast and you are getting them. First, we talked about LinkedIn because I promised you that. But then the news hit and we talked about ESPN featuring Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. And today we're talking about none other than Miss Nicole Hannah-Jones, who dropped a bombshell. So if you don't know about Nicole Hannah-Jones, first of all, go look her up. But she is the Pulitzer Prize winning creator of the 1619 Project. And if you don't know what that is, let me break it down. So the 1619 Project is a long form journalism project that was featured in the New York Times and in the New York Times Magazine. And what it does is it aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of Black Americans at the very center of the United States narrative. It's a project that included different essays, um, writings, images from a bunch of different people, but Nicole Hannah-Jones was the creator of the project and one of the main writers on the project. So what happened was she was teaching, professing at UNC. Well, the position that she held historically had come with tenure. She did her due diligence, got time to be voted for tenure, and her tenure was denied. It was denied. Now, backing up to the 1619 Project, there was a lot of controversy around the project, a lot of uproars, some concerns, the blah, 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 yakety schmackety. But here's the thing about academia. Academia has always been the place where these creatives, these academicians could go and present these radical ideas, present um, dissenting thoughts and dissenting ideas and be safe. That's kind of why tenure was created. Tenure was created so that professors and academicians could challenge authority, could challenge the learning without fear of their jobs. And so they granted this thing called tenure, which guaranteed them their position should they do all the you know teaching, blah, 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 blah. But people joke often and say, if you're a tenured faculty, you pretty much have to kill someone to lose your job. And while that's hyperbole a little bit, it does take a lot. You know, my background is, is HR, but specifically, especially towards the end of my corporate career, that HR was done in academia where I was the head of HR for Emory University's Oxford College. So I know this world very well. And tenure is there for a reason. But Nicole Hannah-Jones got caught up in it. They declined her tenure. Now, there was huge uproar by the student body, by other faculty members, by society, and UNC got a lot of pressure. Well, after all of the pressure, 
UNC came back and said, hey, we changed our mind. We're going to extend tenure to Nicole Hannah-Jones because she was fighting and we made an error. We're going to extend tenure to her. And then sis dropped a bombshell on us. After all of that fighting, all of the uproar, all of the standing her ground, all of the making them do what was right and offer her tenure, sis came back and said, well, I've decided to decline the offer of tenure. I will not be teaching on the faculty of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. It's a very difficult decision, not a decision I wanted to make. Uh, and instead, I'm going to be uh, the inaugural night chair in race and journalism at Howard University. She said, and I have decided that instead of fighting to prove I belong at an institution that until 1955 prohibited Black Americans from attending, I am instead going to work in the legacy of a university not built by the enslaved, but for those who once worked. Those are the words of Nicole Hannah-Jones, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, 1619 Project Creator, as she has declined UNC's offer of tenure. Now, let's talk about how this relates to you. Now, you all know very recently, I did a series on having an exit strategy. And I talked about the importance of being able to walk out. Now, you know what I believe. Your exit strategy is just as important as your career strategy. If you don't have both, you are at a loss. So let me help you break down what happened here. First of all, I'm going to break it down from a few perspectives. If I were HR, what would I do? If I were Nicole Hannah-Jones, what would I do? And if I were her college, what would I do? If I was HR, listen. If I were HR, I would have been on the front end of this. I would have been very involved as I was when I was in academia, very involved in the tenure process, knowing what was going on, how it was handled, what it was done, and going through the considerations, making sure that diversity, equity, inclusion was involved in the tenure decisions. Now, you need to be looking at your staff beforehand, before tenure ever even comes up to have an idea of know what's, to know what's going on so you're not caught off guard. So if I were HR, I would have been on the front end of this, especially knowing that this was a world renowned topic and that it was already controversial from the day she stepped into this 1619 project. Well, before she hit UNC, this was controversial. So I would have had my fingers on the pulse of what was going on the entire time. And before a decision was made, I would have wanted to be involved. So that is if I were HR. If I were Nicole, I would be playing this the way she's absolutely playing it. If I were her career coach, I would, her career coach gets the mm, chef's kiss perfectly and well played. I would have coached her to play it exactly the way she played it. And I'm going to break that down a little bit later because I want you playing your cards the same way. And if I were her colleagues, I would have did what her colleagues did. I would have stood up. I would have protested. 
I would have made this a conversation. I would have made sure it stayed in the conversation in society, in the university, in the news. I would have done my part to make sure that this is talked about. Now, here's what you're thinking. Deetra, I'm confused. Because on some sometimes you tell the colleagues, be quiet, mind your business, this ain't your fight. On the other time, you're telling colleagues, stand up, say something, be vocal. Here's the difference. In this situation, what her colleagues are doing is they're not defending her. They're not necessarily defending Nicole Hannah-Jones. What they are defending and talking about here is their right to do what they are established to do. Faculty members cannot afford to run around in fear of offending and not being able to advance their careers. And I don't mean offending as in going around making racially insensitive statements or or being misogynistic or homophobic and things like that. What I'm talking about is coming up with these radical ideas. They're defending the nature of their jobs, which is to create a hubbub, to create thought, to create new ideas, to push against authority and the status quo. When that is challenged, their whole existence as faculty members gets challenged. So they're not necessarily just standing up for Nicole Hannah-Jones. They are standing up for their right to exist and do what they do the way they do it. In that instance, I absolutely would encourage her colleagues to stand as a unit, as a body, and speak out against what happened. Now, let's talk about you. I want you to look at how Nicole Hannah-Jones played this whole entire thing. She played her cards right and she played them well. And I want you looking at how she did it. First of all, I need for you to understand that fighting costs. People are so quick. You don't know how many times in HR I've been threatened. I'm going to sue this place and this place is going to have my name across the top and blah, 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 yakety schmackety. Number one, you're not. Number two, it's not going to have your name across the top. Number three, if you do sue, you still gonna have to work after you do more than likely because your lawyers are going to get most of their money. And by the time it's over, you'll get a, you might, if, if you, if you have a case, you might get something. It's not going to be, it's, it's not going to be anything like you think you hear about these $13 million settlements and lawsuit wins and all this other stuff. First of all, let's be clear. Those take years. There, I was involved in a, in a lawsuit in one organization I was a part of where someone was suing the organization. I was in HR and it was literally six years before their lawsuit settled and they didn't even win. It was a settlement. So it took them six years of paying their attorneys, going to court, going to mediators, going through plans and all that before they even saw a dime from the university. And even after it was done, after six years, they still got less than a half a million dollars. Six years, less than a half a million dollars. While that sounds like a good lump sum, we're not talking about what their attorneys get. Let's talk about the cost of living. If you, let's say, let's say you did get a half a million dollars, you still got to work. You still have to work with the reputation following you of what you did or may have done in a previous organization because now it's public record. 
So that's that. So knowing that fighting costs and asking yourself, is this fight worth the cost, what it's going to cost me? And sometimes the answer is absolutely. And sometimes it's not. That leads us to the second thing. It's knowing what you're fighting for. Know what you're fighting for. Am I fighting for money? Am I fighting for others in the future to be able to do what I'm trying to do? Am I fighting because someone has to be the trailblazer? And people love to say trailblazers, but trailblazers means that there was stuff here that had to be knocked down, pushed aside, and work had to be done beyond what I was here to do. So why am I fighting? And is it worth the cost that I'm putting into it? The other thing is, You need to be able to leave. Nicole Hannah-Jones has something amazing. Before she went to UNC, she was already at New York Times. She was already a Pulitzer Prize winner. They aren't the only games in town. They weren't the only ones that wanted her. Even though she was controversial, there are institutions that thrive off of controversy. They thrive off of having someone with that level of prestige and notoriety at their institution. So when you're in the situation at your job, I don't care how great or bad your job is. Always put yourself in a position where you are able to leave. The deuces need to be just two in the holster at all time. Always be ready to. I got it. I'm, I'm ready to shoot these deuces. And then. Here's the thing that we've been talking about for so long. Leave on your terms. She could have, Nicole Hannah-Jones could have easily said, you know what? I'm going to stick around. I'm going to do this. And, or she could have said, never mind, y'all. Keep your tenure. I'm out. I'm leaving. No, she stayed around. She fought. She let the battle get fought for her. They offered her tenure. And then she said, nah, I'll pass. You know why she did that? Because she's leaving on her own terms. That is what I call a career exit strategy. She had her exit strategy down packed. She knew she, w- she knew she wasn't going to UNC, y'all. She knew that before she announced it. She knew that when they declined her tenure. And what you have to do is think about the decisions that your job is making about you, how they impact you. Some of us are fighting to be somewhere where we're not wanted and we don't want to be. We've talked about this before. Nicole Hannah-Jones showed you all how it is done. And so I don't want you, as I said before, I don't want you to be entertained. I want you to be educated. Look at how she handled this whole thing. She was never belligerent. She used her platform. She used her colleagues. She leveraged her reputation. She leveraged her work. And now she is on the right side of this thing. And UNC is left with egg on their face. First of all, they declined her. They got called out on that protest. Now they offered her and she declined them. It's it's the chef's kiss of career movements. And I want you thinking about, yes, your story will likely not make the news. It would not go viral on Instagram, all of that. But how is your story like this story? And are you navigating it in a way that will get you the chef's kiss? Again, these are stories in the news, but don't miss it because you're being entertained. Catch it because what's really happening is you are being educated. 
I appreciate you for listening to Happily Ever Employed. Don't just change your life, change your friend's life and make sure to share this podcast. You can find me at Deetra Giles on Facebook or D-U-G-I-L-E-S on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me, you can reach me at D-U-G-I-L-E-S at execuprep.com. That's E-X-E-C-U-P-R-E-P.com. And remember, I love you with my whole heart area. So go out, be great, unapologetically and on purpose.